living hope and that truth. Say hello to those around you guys. We're so glad you're here.
excited about Jesus in this place this morning? Can we get excited a little bit? Come on, wake yourselves up. Man, I love that song. Jesus Christ, our living hope. No greater way to start the morning off. Amen. I love that song. Love that song. Love that truth even more. A couple things I want to share with you, and then I'm going to invite some very special guests up. If you pass the friendship folders down the rows, uh, we really appreciate that. Um, guys, we had a phenomenal info meeting, interest meeting for the Christmas Dessert Theater on Monday. And uh, for those who are interested in joining the choir, please come today at 4 o'clock in the auditorium. We're going to pick that up. Christmas Dessert Theater, choir, 4 p.m. today, auditorium. Talk to Beth. She'll be by the Welcome Center if you have any questions. And then coming up, the 22nd of September, we have Ignition. And this is a phenomenal event to rally the students at our church and then the South Hills to do two things. To take their faith to their schools and then to stand in front of their school that following Wednesday, the 25th, to pray at their poll. To pray for our country, to pray for their schools, to pray for their friends. But guys, I love this event. I've been at it for, for three times when I was a youth pastor, and we're bringing it here. And so talk to Pastor Eric if you have any questions. But um, all this information about Ignition is on our website. Please sign your student up. Talk to Eric if you have any questions. But this is a phenomenal, phenomenal event happening next Sunday night. And then, ladies, two weeks to the deadline for the retreat. It's going to be good. I'm not going, but it's going to be good. Don't worry. Ladies, it's going to be great. So please check out our website if you have any questions about that. Two weeks to the deadline to sign up, October 11th through the 13th. Beloved, be free is the theme. So we're excited about that to happen in on October 11th through the 13th. Guys, we have this great uh, ministry here that's just on mission. And um, it's just been the rich heritage of just phenomenal just mission and staying on mission. And so I want you to check out this video, and then I'm going to invite Rachel and Jesse to come on up to so watch this video. Every mom needs mops. Mops has just been such a lifeline for me because I didn't have a lot of other mom friends. We had moved when my son was young, so I felt pretty isolated. I needed that community. I was really lost because I never planned on being a single mom, especially that young. I went to my first MOPS meeting. I loved it. It was very welcoming. I heard about MOPS um, from one of my friends. Once I came, I just finally had someone who got it. This is a group of women that just instantly cares about you and cares about your child. And they're there for you just because you walk in the door. I realized, finally, I wasn't crazy and I wasn't alone. When you give one mom access to this fantastic experience, you're actually changing a little corner of the world. I mean, it's life-changing, and I'm, I'm proof of that. Good morning. Hi, my name is Rachel, and this is Jesse. We're the coordinators for this year's MOPS group. Our church has had MOPS for 20 years, started by Rhonda. Thank you. Uh, and we have 50 ladies attending. Uh, this is an authentic place for all moms to connect. And our main goal is to share the love of Jesus with new moms and as we um, navigate motherhood together. This year, our theme is to the full. And um, we just want to cling to the promise that Jesus wants us to live our life abundantly. And um, so that's exciting. Crossroads has supported us and has given us a place to meet and to grow and thank you for your support, and we're just asking for continued prayers um, as God is changing hearts. Um, thank you again, and we're making a difference together. 
This is Jesse, and she has more details. Okay, so we meet every Tuesday of, sorry, I said that wrong. We meet the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. So this will be starting this year up on the 24th at 9.15. Child care downstairs opens up at 9, so you can come, come and get a warm meal, a cup of coffee, fellowship, and be in the Word. We meet right here in this room. questions or informations we're wearing pink shirts um, we also have some areas where you could serve as well if you're interested we have child care downstairs so moms can come and drop their kids off and they're loved and the little three-year-olds we have crafts and snacks and fun things for them to do as well they hear about Jesus which is the most important um, and then we also have positions for mentor moms to come alongside of us so if you're interested in any of those talk to us in the we really appreciate all your prayers as we start a new year. So what I love about MOPS and, and so many of the ministries we get the privilege of being a part of and having here is that we're trying to do one thing and to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And time after time after time, God continues to use MOPS to, to bring people to himself. And so I'm excited about that because... We can create human programs, but God's the one that truly does the work. And so we're so thankful for Rachel and for Jesse and the team that they're they're a part of. And so please talk to them in the in the uh, what is that the lobby? Talk to them. They have a table. They have information, and they would love to, t- to connect with you. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we receive this morning's offering. If you're new with us, we're just so glad that you're here and just checking us out and hanging out with us this morning. And we're in a series called DNA: What Makes Us Unique, and we're talking about what makes our church unique. So we're really excited to be in uh, week two of this. And so as we continue on mission, we give to the mission to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. Let's continue on this morning. Jesus, we love you, and we just commit to you this time. God, we've had an incredible time of singing about the truth of who you are, Jesus. You are living hope, and we hear things about from Christmas dessert theater to ignition to mops. We're hearing about all these things, and God, we're, not, we're just not trying to create another program trying to really move towards the mission. And that mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with you. And so, God, keep us on mission. Never let us fall away from that. Always keep us on mission. Keep us connected to you. Always on mission. And so, God, we give now to the mission to see lives changed by you. We love you and thank you so much, Jesus, for loving us day in and day out. We love you. Amen. great week. I'll tell you what, you know, when you think about those mops, that mops group, 50 women, that's like mind-boggling, isn't it? 50 moms, that means like 100 children, that's incredible. Can we thank God for that? What, what, a, what an awesome thing God's doing in our church. Um, 
just when, when you see so many people that God is working through their families and in their lives, and uh, it is a joy for us to do that here. And then this past week on Wednesday, wasn't Wednesday an incredible night? I'll, I'll tell you what, this Wednesday we're going to continue. We're going to have food again. Uh, so last week we had hot dogs and we had cone ice. So come early again. It, it starts at 630. At 6.30 we have stuff for your kids downstairs. We have stuff for the teenagers. And then we have a men's group and a women's group. And I'm telling you, the men's group and women's group were busting at the seams. So I want to encourage you to come on out again this week. It is a fan. God is doing a new movement here. I just want you to know that there is a new move of the Lord, and it's exciting. And I'm thrilled about what God is doing. He's taking people to a growing relationship with him. And that's what our church is all about. So I want to encourage you, come on up. We'll be here from 5.30 on with, uh, with a little bit of food. I don't know, it might be a hot dog, it might be a pizza. Just come on up. You know, there'll be a little bit of snack there to get you, hold you over till afterwards. Then at 6.30, everything starts. And uh, it's, it's a great, great time here for our, for our families. And I just couldn't be happier with what God is doing. I left here Wednesday night. I, I looked at the parking lot. It was like Sunday morning. This place was full. And I was like, wow, what God has done. So you know what happens to the pastor when the pastor goes home after a good night? He doesn't sleep. I was up till one in the morning like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, let me sleep. All right. So we, we made it through. Our DNA. We're in a series about DNA. I'll tell you what. DNA is the, it's, it's that thing that, that, you know, you see it in other people. You, you, see, you see it in families. I, I went down here this week to uh, the subway. And I went in for a late lunch. I had a, a, a salad about 2 o'clock. And I go in, and this lady that I didn't really know very well, she's, you know, she's making the salads. She goes, there was a girl came in here. She has to be your daughter. About two hours ago, she has to be your daughter. She could be your twin. I found out that my wife and daughter went to lunch there. At two hours before I was in. And so Carice, my daughter Carice was down there. And she, you know what she said? That lady was basically saying, there's DNA, man. You could see it. Like, my daughter looks like me. And I'm like, how wonderful. My daughter's like, oh, dad, please, you know. Yeah, so it's just, it's one of those things you have to deal with. And I'm like, don't worry, you won't get all my good traits, all right? So it's like, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's, but you can tell, and that's what DNA does. It's a, it's a stamp. You can see it. And so that, that's what is happening in our church. Our, every church has a DNA. Every church has things that make them special, that make them different. And our church has a DNA. We get our church, our DNA from our church comes from Jesus. We go directly to Jesus, and that's where that, that DNA comes from. And so I want to encourage you with that because we're, we're taking in this series and we're stopping and we're looking at what, what is it in our church that makes Crossroads special? Why are we different? You know, some churches get excited about different things. And uh, we've said we're going to come, we're going to look at the life of Christ, how did, what made Christ excited, and uh, what, what, what was his passions, what were his priorities, and we're going to make them the priorities of our church. So as we do that, these are our core values, and so we've looked through a number of them. We're going to be looking through a number of them. This week, the core value that we're looking at is that you are important. What is important to God is important to us. Would you say that with me? What is important to God is important to us. So, you know, when you look through the Scriptures and you see the priorities of Jesus, you'll see that what was important to God was important to Jesus. What was important to Jesus is important to us. It was important to his disciples. 
So as, as I look through the scriptures, I see that, you know, um, that Jesus basically said, here were two big things that I want you to catch. And in your notes, I've given you three points that in no way means you're getting out early, okay? But there are three points here, okay? Point number one and two I'm going to give to you right away. Love God and love people. Would you say that with me? Love God, love people. You see, many churches think that, uh, that if we just teach the right thing, that we love God. Well, that means you taught just the right thing. God wants us to not know, not just know the right thing, but to do the right thing. You know, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things he said, he says that you'll be happy if you know these things and you do them. So many people know these things. They don't do these things. Love God and love people. This is what God's called us to do. So as we love God, many churches are hooked on the loving God part, and they're really mean towards people. They can be, like, ignorant towards people and the community. Nobody from the community likes them, and it's just like one of those deals. So they think they love God. And may I share with you that loving God, you cannot love God unless you love people. In First John, it's real clear. If, if you say that you love God, but you don't love your neighbor, then you don't love God. I mean, it's just that simple. And then there are other churches that focus on, on loving people. Like they come along and they say, we're going to love people and we're, everything's about love and everything's about the people. And they kind of forget the God side. And they just say, well, you know, everything's love, 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 love. And, and, and so love is important. Love is big. But, you know, we have to love God. We have to understand who he is and we have to love people. So what's important to God is what's important to us. And that's what makes our, our DNA here at this church special. Because we've come alongside and we said, what are the priorities of Jesus? Look at Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This was the priority of Jesus. He came to seek and to save. You know, Jesus didn't come to hopefully stumble into somebody that needed him. He came to seek. It's an aggressive. He came to seek and he came to save those who are lost. And so when you, when you think about this, the lost had a pretty big important, uh, a pretty big importance to, to Jesus. And I want you to think about this today because in our life, uh, the law should have a pretty big importance to us. As a matter of fact, your soul, when I say what's important to God is what's important to us, it is your soul that is important to God. Your soul is important to us. And as we live this, as we live with loving God and loving people, that does not mean that everything will always be happy and all those things. No, 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 no. That is a, that is a happy-go-lucky falsehood out there. It means that there will be hard times. It means that there will be tough times. But God is going to teach us how to love God and to love people. Because the very mission of why Jesus came was to seek and to save that which was lost. Um, he, he, Jesus gave us a passage that, that goes on and shares a whole lot about it in Luke chapter 15. It talks about the importance of lost. And uh, Luke 15, chapter uh, verse 1 says, Then all the tax collectors and their sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Uh, and now imagine that. Here's Jesus. He goes out and he's hanging out with tax collectors. He's hanging out with sinners. Uh, the reason that the tax collectors, and you hear about tax collectors in the Bible, that it's not like today. Listen, here's what they were. They were traitors. 
They, they, were, they basically said, we'll make personal gain by helping Rome. Rome was the oppression. They said that they would go and they, they, would, they would also be thieves. They'd be also robbers. And so they signed up to help the, uh, the, uh, the, the opponent, the, the oppressor, for personal gain. It's really, really a terrible place to be when you're taking personal gain by being a traitor, right? So they, they took that position. And so Jesus would commonly hang out with the low life. Like, Jesus was not afraid to be hanging out with people who were of low reproach. Like, people, nobody else wanted to hang out with them. Jesus would be hanging out with them. And, and here's, here's what's cool is it didn't change Jesus. Jesus was still God. He was still holy, even though he could sit with somebody who was not like him. He would sit down with somebody who's not like him, and he would have dinner. He would have lunch. He would enjoy fellowship. And you know what? Those people, those people, right, really enjoyed being with him. Now, that says a lot about our master, doesn't it? It says a lot about his priority of loving God and loving people. Because for most of us, we love people that are like us. You know, it's really easy to, to love people that are like you. You know, we share a lot of the same commonalities. We have this in common. We, 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 you know, we share all these things. But Jesus was hanging with people he had nothing in common with, like nothing in common with. And they loved hanging out with him. They enjoyed the fellowship. They would come and sit with him often. And so here he is. He's doing this. And the Pharisees, the religious people. Now, religious people, you've got to watch them. Okay, they're always coming up with this. Well, can you believe he did that? You know, do you ever get around somebody like that? Well, can you believe that they did that? And that's what the religious leaders of that day were doing. The religious people were coming to Jesus and saying, well, I can't believe it. Look, he's hanging out with the with the lowly, lowly people. And then Jesus takes this next passage. John chapter 15, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 15 is Three times he talks about something that was lost and something that was found. Something that was lost and found. Lost, as a matter of fact, ten times the phrase in this passage is used, lost and found. It's known as the lost and found passage in the Bible. So as you go through this uh, this morning, let's, uh, let's watch for this here. Verse 3, the first one, he says, So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man... Of you, so who among you would have a hundred sheep, and if he loses one of them, does he not leave the ninety nine in the wilderness and go out after the one which is lost until he finds it? He says, Listen, this shepherd comes along and all the all the people that he's talking to, they understood what a shepherd would do. Like for you and I, we we don't understand shepherding too much, you know. I don't know, maybe some of you have a few sheep in your backyard. But uh, probably not, right? Uh, Jesus would he would talk to them and they all understood. And so they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And everybody knew that a shepherd, when he loses a sheep, goes out and gets it. Like sheep, sheep were kind of dumb animals, you know, from my understanding. And as a matter of fact, God calls us sheep in the Bible. Isn't it kind of wild, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. They, they hang in packs. They'll kind of follow the sheep in front of them. They're just kind of all together. And he says, who has a hundred sheep? And when one sheep is gone, does he not value that sheep just as much as the 99? And so as he's looking at the 99, he's not saying that the one has more value. He's saying that here are the 99, but the one out there who has lost his way has just as much value as the 99. 
Now, I want you to think about this because there are two types of people in the world. There are people who are lost and people who are not lost. There are people who are lost and there are people who are saved. They've trusted Jesus. They've opened their heart to Jesus Christ. And so when we're looking at this, he says those who have Jesus Christ, those who are on the inside here, they've enjoyed the fellowship. He says, do not only be concerned about these 99. As a matter of fact, he takes it a step further. Look what he says here. He says, he doesn't he go out and look till he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder. The next verse. Verse 5, and when he is founded, he, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. Verse 6, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, and he says to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. You see, there was something that was lost. There, there's a search. They go and they find it, and then there's a party. Look what he says here. He says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And he says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 just persons who need no repentance. So we see something that's lost, something that's found, and then there's a party. Now, when you're, when you're looking in Jewish literature and you see something that happens three times, like, like in the Old Testament, whenever Isaiah said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, that says, pay attention. God is driving a point home. So when Jesus takes this time with these people who have been criticizing him, and he tells them, listen, let me show you why I'm hanging out with these, with these people that are sinners, because In verse 7, he says, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. He says, there is more joy. You want to create joy in heaven? The joy in heaven is not about hanging out with the 99. The joy in heaven is about going out and finding the next one. It's going out and finding who is the one that has gone astray. And that's the DNA of our church. The DNA of our church, what's important to God is what's important to us. It's your soul. Your soul is what's important to us. It's not how you feel. It's not how you, uh, what you like or dislike about this place. That is not what's important. What is important is your soul. Where will you spend eternity? Folks, heaven is real and hell is real. And I want to, I want you to know you have an option to spend, spend it with God in heaven and you have an option to spend it in hell. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end leads to death. There is a way. And this is what man does. He comes along and he picks his way. And he says, well, this seems right. Well, I'll get even. I'll, I'll, I'll go to church. I'll do all these things. And, and I'll get back and I'll do whatever I have to do. And you know what? There is a way that seems right unto a man. And the end, it leads to death. Destruction. Away from God forever and ever. The New Testament calls it hell. That's what lostness does. It takes us away from the presence of God Almighty. And he says that you, God cares about you, your soul. He does not want you to choose the way that seems right. Listen, that's where good people, right? We think it's the seems right. But there is a real deal here, folks. 
There is a heaven and a hell. There are sheep all around us that are lost. There are people that are going into a Christless eternity. They need Jesus. You need Jesus. And that is the difference. If you are lost, you have chosen your own way. You're doing the way that seems right unto the man. You are going in the path of death and destruction. But God says, listen, I care about that sheep. And God is the good shepherd. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. And what the good shepherd does, the good shepherd makes his way out and he goes out and he brings them in. So in the passage, we see three times. And when he says something three times, pay attention. So the second time, look here, Luke 15, 8. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does she not light a lamp? Doesn't she sweep the house? And doesn't she search carefully until she finds it? It's a, there's a necklace. I want you to see this. It's like a, a woman would have a necklace, and it would be the equivalent of a wedding ring in that culture. And there would be ten coins on there. And, and if she lost one of them, it would, it would look like infidelity, like she, she uh, was not faithful to her husband. And, and so she, if she lost one of them, it, it, would be, it would be horrific. And doesn't she search? I mean, doesn't she go down and, and sweep? And you say, well, why would you sweep for a ring? They had dirt floors. Like, you'd have to go and you'd have to really search. And he says, doesn't she go and search? And I, I love it. it. says that she searches carefully until she finds it. That's what God does for us. He searches carefully. He's diligent. And, and, and so what's important to God? That's what God does for me. And, and am I doing that for my neighbor? Am I doing that for the person when my kids go to school with? Am I doing that with the, with the people that I, that I work with, with the people in my recreation? Am, am I looking for the lost sheep? Am, am I concerned about what God is doing? How about the lost coin now? And he pounds us home. In verse 9, when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together. And she says, rejoice with me, for I... I have found the peace which I lost. I don't see anything in here about, oh, how happy am I? Oh, just enjoy another day at church. Oh, what did I get out of it? I see diligent, intentional, go after the sheep who is lost and bring them to Jesus. Verse 10, likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is our DNA. What's important to God is what's important to us. Going after your soul is what's important to us. Going after the soul of our neighbors and our friends is what's important to us. The lost son, he continues on. And if you read the passage here, Luke 15, he talks about this. He gives a story about the parable of the lost son. And what he says with the lost son is the prodigal son. And you've probably heard it. But he says that this Jewish man has two sons. And his son says, one of his sons says, listen, I want my inheritance now. I'm not waiting till you die. So he takes the inheritance and, and he goes and, and, he, and, and, he ta- and his dad just says, all right, you're going to make your own decision. You make your own decision. Here it is. You go. And his, and his son goes out and he lives wildly. He wastes his money on wine and women. And, and it's just like his whole, his whole life is just blown apart. And, and, and he, you know, he was buying all of his friends and it was wonderful until he ran out of money. Then he couldn't buy his friends anymore. And then everything was empty. 
And he hits rock bottom. I mean, he hits rock bottom. He comes to the point where, where he's feeding the pigs. And, and, and listen, when, when Jesus said that this man was feeding the pigs, every Jewish man went, hmm. Like they took this in because Jewish people couldn't even eat a ham sandwich. A, a pig, they were unclean. They weren't allowed to touch a pig. They were, if you were with a pig, you couldn't go to church on that weekend because you were with unclean. You'd have to go through ceremonial cleansing. And so when Jesus said this wayward man went out and he spent everything and then he hits rock bottom, he's feeding the pigs, he's sending a big message. And every Jewish person sat there and said, oh, my, this is catastrophic. Not only did was he estranged from his dad, he was estranged from his culture. He was estranged from the church. He was estranged from everybody. He was disconnected. He was estranged from God. And they all caught it. They all caught it. And yet this little, this man, this boy, the prodigal son, he turns around and he says, ah, listen, I'm coming back home. I, you know, if, if, if my dad would just take me in, if my dad would just take me in as a, as a hired hand, I'll be happy. I don't know if he'll take me in. And he goes, and, and as he makes the return home, the dad has been looking for him, and the dad was waiting. You know, the dad was searching for him. As a matter of fact, it says when he was afar off that the dad ran to him. Like, he, he ran to him. He was, he was not waiting for him to come on. And when, you know, as soon as my son makes things right, we'll, we'll get this going. No, 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 no. That's how we operate as dads, isn't it? He went out as a, as a dad, and he says, I'm coming after him. No Jewish man would have done this. This was anti the culture. So he goes across, and he runs out to this man, uh, to his own son, sees him in the distance, runs out to him, and he throws his arms around him. He says, my son that was dead is now alive. He has come to life. And so we see three things. He, he, he throws a big party. There was something that was lost. Something that is found and something that there was a cause for a party. The, the causes for parties in the Bible, folks, were when people came to Jesus Christ. That's the DNA of our church. That is what we are all about. We care about your soul. We care about your soul. And we want you to care about the souls of other people. That's it. It's real simple, isn't it? Love God and love people. Now, let me show you a few things here. Because when we're lost, I want you to catch this because many times we've been in the 99. We've been enjoying the, the 99. I'm here and I worship God and it's so wonderful. And, and, and I just feel all this love and, and we sing these songs and, and I know these people and, and things are going really well. And we, we have this community. But on the outside, let me show you what they're missing. When you're lost, number one, you lose your way. You lose your way. You lose your direction. There's no direction. Like, like a sheep. Here's what would happen with a sheep. When he says the, the lost sheep, a sheep would just kind of stray. Like most of them would stay together. That's why he says the 99 were together. And what would happen is every now and then one of the lost sheep, one of the sheep would just kind of make his own way. And he would see like a greener pasture. And, you know, the sheep love green pastures. And, and, and the the shepherd is taking his sheep this way. And, and, and every now and then a sheep will say, oh, that looks so good over here. And he just kind of just wander off. Just kind of natural. And he, he gets over here and he starts eating it. And pretty soon the shepherd's gone with the 99 and they're going that way. And this one over here, he, he said, oh, man, and not only was this good, but 
oh, look at that. And then he keeps going, and he goes to the next one. He says, oh, look at that, and look at that. And pretty soon the sheep is really estranged. And the sheep has gone far away, and he has lost his way. He has no direction. He's wandering aimlessly for the next thing that will make him feel better. The next green pasture. And may I share something with you folks? It's brown everywhere. There's no green pasture. It's brown everywhere. It's brown. So the sheep goes out there and he thinks it's something new. In the meantime, the shepherd is over here with the 99. Look what Jesus, uh, look, look what Isaiah said here. Isaiah 53, 6. Let's read this together. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All, every one of us, at one time in our life, we were the lost sheep. We were astray. We were looking for greener pastures. There's a way that seems right unto the man. At the end, it leads to destruction. We were over here thinking that if I eat this greener pasture over here, that is better than what, like, God doesn't know. And, and I'm going to come over here, and God's going to give me this. And, and I'm actually, I don't even need God. I'm going, to, I'm going to fill it with my life and career. I'm going to fill it with, with, uh, you know, with parties, with pills, and with people. And God says, no. No, no, no. Listen, parties, pills, and people, they all let you down. Do do you catch this? A party just gives you a hangover the next day. A pill just wrecks your life. And people, they will leave you high and dry. He says, listen, this is not the greener pasture. The greener pasture is in relationship with Jesus. For the Lord has laid your sin, the iniquity of us all, was laid on to him. And that is the good news. That is why we exist at this church. Because lost people have lost their way and we want them to know Jesus. At one time, and maybe this morning that's you, God wants you to come to himself. God's calling you. He, he, you know, you're not here by accident. God has brought you in so that you may follow him. He's, God doesn't have accidents. He is in charge. I, I lose, you know, when, when you're not with the 99, when you're not in the fold, when you're lost, you don't have God's protection. Look at this here. I lose God's protection. And, and so God's protection is a big thing. We all, we all want the protection of God. The good shepherd, he would lay down, they would put the sheep in a pen. And, and it was, uh, it was, you know, a little, little wall kind of type of thing. And it would put all the sheep, and at night he put all the sheep in there. And there was an entryway. And the good shepherd would lay down in the entryway to ward off any of the, the wolves, any of the things that were predatory that would come in. A sheep is not predatory. I don't know much about sheep, but I know they don't, fa- don't have fangs, okay? You know, it's like they're, they're pretty innocent things. They get eaten up, you know? A wolf is going to take them down. And that's what happens. Sometimes a wolf comes in, and it's like, you've got to say no to the wolf. That's what God does. As his children, I want you to know, as the child of God, you're under the protection of the good shepherd. He's protecting you from the wolf out there. Wow, do you, do you see what God's given you as, the, as being a child of God? And, and do you see what your friends don't have? Look here, Zechariah 10.2 says this. Um, and, and, and I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to read a little bit of back, a backdrop here. The whole verse says this. It says, Household goods give worthless advice. Fortune tellers predict only lies. And interpreters of dreams pronounce falsehoods that give no comfort. He, he says all that. He, he sets it up for this statement here because what, what was happening was the children of Israel were going, going to things. They were, 
doing the way that seems right, and going to fortune tellers, going to going to interpreters, and, and this is the prophecies of things. And, and listen, they need to come to God. And so look what God says here. He says, so my people are wandering like lost sheep. They're wandering like lost sheep. They are attacked because they have no shepherd. The shepherd protects his sheep. And so somebody who's lost, they're missing that protection. They don't have that. They don't understand the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Listen, for you and I, the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down beside still waters. That is my God. That's my shepherd. That's what God does for me. You know why you're worried all the time? Because you're not living under God's protection. And so God wants you to come under his protection. And it's so great. Listen, the whole world can go, boom. And the good shepherd's right there. And he says, it's okay. I've got you covered. And that's what the good shepherd does for us. And he says, listen, your friends who don't know Jesus, your friends who don't have that, we need to go out and bring them in so that they can have that connection, so that they can have that uh, that protection with God. Here's a promise, Romans 8, 28. Look at this. This is a promise for the children of God. Read this with me. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Who is God working all things together for his good? For who? For those who love God. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those that are not lost. He says, I'm working this for their good. Uh, we lose God's protection when we're lost. Uh, we don't have, uh, I lose my potential for good. Listen, God has given us an incredible potential to do great things in this world. And when, when we're lost, we don't, have, we don't have our full potential. It's like, you know what, somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, they're missing out. And it's like there, there's some incredible things that God could be doing and God wants to do. But we miss it because we don't have the full potential of God because we're not his child yet. Uh, th- th- this is so incredible. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard. Or mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind. I cannot imagine what God has prepared for me. I do not know what the next five years of my life hold. And I cannot even imagine for what God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that powerful? Like, like let me share with you. I went down here to the PTA meeting this week. I don't have kids in the school. They called me to pray for their PTA meeting. Like, isn't that cool down here at the school? And, and so I went in there, and I'm praying over the PTA meeting. And before I did, the, the, there's a girl who runs the blessings in a backpack. She come up to me, and she says, Pastor Ken, I just want to thank you. Your church cares about us. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Your church raised more food than anybody else. You people care about us. And listen, we didn't go crazy on that. We could have went real crazy on that. 
We just blessed them. It was like the blessings came out. And so, so our people, you, the people of our church, you, you brought stuff in through the summer. It was piling up in the foyer. We didn't know what to do with it. It was piling up, right? And so as, as, we, as, as this lady comes up to me, she's like, your church cares about us. Your church is making a difference in this community. And I'm saying, oh, my, I did not know. I could not imagine. Five years ago, I would never tell you that I'd be standing and hearing a statement like that, that our church had an impact like that. I would not, listen, God is doing things. And what, what is God going to do in the next five years that I don't have a clue of? What is the next impact? And so, the, listen, with God, we have this incredible opportunity. No eye has seen, nor ear has not heard, and there is no mind that can even imagine what God is going to do. But that is only when you're his child. For those who love him. He takes care of his children. You all take care of your children, don't you? I mean, you have kids. You, you take care of them. They don't get everything they want when they want it, but you take care of them. And, and you're not, you're, you're third grader right now, cannot imagine what is coming, what God has for them. Uh, you know what, the, the other thing is this, that they, that they uh, when you're lost, you don't have a home in heaven. You, you've missed your home in heaven. My home in heaven is missing. I don't have that. Jesus come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. Look what Luke 9.25 says. Uh, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost? What, what good is it if you've been so successful in our world, but you yourself are lost? And so, so listen, sometimes the sheep wanders away by nature. Others are by circumstances, like the lost coin, you know? The, the coin gets kicked around. What, what's, what's kicked you around? You know what? This is a time when you either come to God or you go away from God. When we get kicked around, that's the time to come to God. It's not the time to run from God. And so, the, like the lost sheep, the, the lost coin, the, the, Jesus comes out looking for us. Circumstances knock you down. Uh, how about your own choices, like the prodigal son? The, the, the key is, the, is to understand that God is the one who rescues you. God will rescue you. First uh, Timothy two five for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. As we as we wrap up here this morning, I, I want to encourage you to come back to God in humility. You know what the the prodigal son did? There there was two stark contrasts here. I'm, I'm going to share this with you. He says in verse twelve, says the younger of them, the, the the brother said to his father, Father, give me. The portion of goods. God, give me the goods that fall to me. So he divided them and he gave them his goods. He gave them his inheritance. After he hits bottom, he comes to his senses. The scripture says, look what, the, look what he says, verse 19. He says, I'm no, worthy, no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. Make me like one of your hired servants. Give me. Make me. I'm entitled, change me. Wow. I want to invite you to Jesus like that this morning. What's important to God is what's important to us. This is the DNA of our church. We are concerned more about your soul than anything else. The last point in your notes this morning is this, that we love the next generation. Would you read that with me? Say that aloud. We love the next generation. Mark chapter 10. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he, could t- so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering them. The disciples, the disciples scolded them, said, hey, 
Jesus has more important things to do. He can't take the noise. Uh, Let's just, just get on with this. And when Jesus saw what was happening, verse 14, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, now, Jesus got angry with his disciples. Why did he get angry? Because they were keeping the children away from Jesus. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed on their head, his hands on their heads and he blessed them. This morning as we close our service, we've invited our children from downstairs to join us. Can you welcome the children of our church? Jesus said, Jesus is out there teaching, and these parents came and they said, we want our children to be blessed by Jesus. We want them to be taught by Jesus. We want them to put their hands on them and bless, put Jesus put their hands on them and bless them. And you know what happens every Sunday in our church? This happens every Sunday in our church. Let's thank God again for these folks, man. These kids are awesome. Come on up. Come on up, Will. All right, these guys are, are doing a fantastic job.